everyone, welcome back. This is session four. I am the host, the dungeon master, and the player. And I am playing Dungeons & Dragons solo mode, so just me. And uh, last episode, we killed some goblins, and we ended up finding the kobold prisoners. So we found three kobold prisoners. In addition to that, there was a gnome. There was a little gnome locked in a cage. And the last thing that gnome said before the session ended was, Dempsey, is that you? So it sounds like the gnome is familiar with the halfling ranger. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. See you there. The prison door swings open. Inside the door stands the halfling ranger, his dog, and his newfound friend, a cobalt. Inside the prison, no light penetrates this place of cold gray stone and hard iron. No music lifts the spirit, nor laughter. Only the clanking of manacles and mutterings of the imprisoned. The three prisoner kobolds are tethered with rope to the spike that is driven into the center of the room. Meepo runs over there quickly, pulls out his dagger, and begins releasing each of the kobolds. Here, here, Kaka, Derby, I have a, I have a free you. I got my dagger here. You too, Meek. Here, let me help you. <laughs> Cuts the bindings on each of the kobolds. Here. Now you help us. You, f you help us get get the Kalkrix. No, Meepo. No, we don't. They're coming back for us. The goblins. Oh, no, no. We have to we have to get Kalkrix. Don't leave us. I got my brought help. Look, see. No, we must return to Tustrail. No, no, we. And they're gone. The three kobolds scurry past you, out the door, and, and scatter back home. Though that was a rather large blow to your overall plan of capturing Calcrix, the dragon. You were thinking you could use the two other guard members that you would free here and they would help you, but it looks like that is not the case. They are going to be of no help to you. But you are distracted, for you are staring at the gnome inside the cage that just a moment ago said your name. Hey, just clean your eyes. Erky? What the hell are you doing in here? Oh. You run up to him with your keys. Jeez, Dempsey, I never thought I would see you in here. What are, what are you doing in here? <laughs> Same could be said about you. This key doesn't fit. Uh, what, are, what are you doing, anybody? Uh, I asked you first. Says the gnome, who is clearly weak and exhausted. And looks like he's been been inside that cage for quite some time. He's got the bruises to show for it. Yeah, just in general, he does not look like he's in the best of health. He's got a decent-sized beard going here. Rather exhausted-looking. He's wearing just normal clothes. He's got he's got a, a gold medallion hanging from his from his neck, just somewhat tucked into his, his leather vest. He's wearing a tan long-sleeve shirt brown leather vest. He's got a belt with a couple pieces of jewels still remaining inside the belt buckle. He's got a green pair of pants on and a set of brown leather boots. Duh. Stubborn lock here. 
All these look the same. Gosh. I'll get you out. Hey, Erky, you, you push, and I'll start twisting these keys in here. It's not that one. I, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, Erky, but you're asking why I was here, or why I'm here. Greenest, Greenest has been attacked. What? Yeah. It were, you were right, too. It was the cult. Cult of the dragon. That case, a bum. That one don't work. Alright. A few more to go here. I'll get you out. When did this happen? How's your family? How... How is everyone? Ah, yeah, about my family. You look at Erky with sorrow in your eyes and he, he nods along and he attempts to, you know, give you a pat with one of his hands, pats your forearm, gives you a look of sorrow as well. Sorry to hear that, that's terrible. I wish I was there, I would've, I don't know what I would've done, but I wish I was there. Yeah, yeah. Alright, I think this key's actually gonna do it here. Hey, we did it. You're free. Oh my god, you have no idea. Thank you. Thank you, Dempsey. Gives you a hug. Yeah, you, you too, here, Dex. He's big boy. Yeah, some things haven't changed. Alright, buddy. Well, you're out of here. But yeah, Matt. Uh, the reason I was, the reason I'm here is, uh, yeah, Greenus has been attacked, and as you knew, Nighthill wasn't the most healthy to begin with. He was struck by a poisonous crossbow bolt, and I was sent here to Oakhurst because apparently there's some magical fruit in this area, and they sent me down below here because apparently there's a tree growing down here that grows these healing fruit, so that's why I'm here. I'm looking for fruit. And uh, this is my friend over there, Meepo. Meepo nods. By any chance, have you seen any any missing kids? I'm also looking for some missing, at least Oakhurst is. That's why I'm down here, looking for uh, magical fruit and a couple of missing human kids, if you happen to know where they are. Maybe they were cellmates with you. Yeah, it feels good just to walk around here. <laughs> yeah, a bit. <laughs> But more importantly, why why are you here, Erky? Thought you hit it big. We had that going away party for you and everything. Thought we were rich. Yeah. Well, I am. I am rich. Well, supposed to be rich. That's why I'm here, I guess. Like you said, I had that going away party, and I was on my way to claim my uncle's estate. Actually, not far from Oakhurst. It's kind of where I was headed, just a little north. And I was at the kind of tail end of it, and I, I decided I would save some time and travel at night as well. And I, at some point, I was on this old road and was ambushed by by something. I don't remember much. Just remember waking up in a in a cage down here, being yelled at, poked and prodded by those goblins. Been here a while now, at least a month. <sighs> Which reminds me, I need some food. Have any food? I never really need a rest. Uh, that is a good point. Meepo, let's gather our stuff here. Let's head out. Erky, come with us. Alrighty, I'll follow you guys. Not sure where we are actually. Actually, 
but it's gonna take me a minute to realize what what level we're on here. Don't you worry about that. Alright, Erky, come on. You gather all your stuff and you exit the room, you exit the jail cell, and you return to the area where you slayed the goblins. You hurdle the wall and you return to that room, the pantry room, where you killed the last goblin that was fleeing. Oh, hey, look. Tons of food in here. Doesn't smell like the best food, but it's food, I guess. Yeah, something. Meepo, head over there to that side. See if you can lock that door. If not, push some barrels over there. I don't want anyone coming in here. And I'll take this off, see if my keys lock this door over here. All right. Well, I think this will be as safe as we're going to get here. And uh, after you catch your bearings here, Rookie, we'll escort you out of here. We're going to get you out of this, out of this dungeon here. Appreciate the offer, guys, but uh, I'm not leaving. I'm hanging out with you guys. Appreciate that, Erky, but no, we're getting you out of here. That's sweet, but no, I'm not leaving you. What's that say over there, Meepo? That wine? Yeah, bring that over here. What's this over here? Can of elf pudding? Yeah, no thanks, not having that. But I will have this food or this cornbread. Just trying to Whatever this is, it'll do. Bread's bread. Yeah, right there. After a couple of failed attempts, Meepo finds the correct container of wine, and he brings it over to you. And Erky, the three of you enjoy some cornbread, some wine of very low quality, but it does the trick, and some water. And you show off your skills with that pipe of smoke monsters that you looted off one of the goblins, or possibly the dwarf, earlier in the day. And you, you all catch up. Alright, you, you asked about them, those kids. Um, the goblins caught three of them over a month ago, and they were captives with me. Been here for a while now. They said their names were, uh, Telgen, Sherwin, and uh, Sir Bradford. That's great news, sir. Were two of those humans kids, Erky? Yeah, yep. All three were humans. Two kids, one adult. The goblins kept them here only about a week or so before they removed them. Block wanted them. He's the guy downstairs. The guy you're looking for, it sounds like. That's about the last I heard of that. But, um... I'm glad... Glad to hear they're alive. That's... That's huge. Yeah, yeah, anything you can tell me. Yeah, the... The the goblin... I mean, the goblins seem to be working for a block, and... Block, from what I've heard, the goblins talk about... uh, There's a twilight grove down below. And, uh, a a wicked old human called... Block. He's a spellcaster, I suspect. Tends an enchanted garden and harvests fruit from something the goblins call the... the Gothias tree? But they speak of it only in the most terrified of whispers. The enchanted fruit, the fruit you're looking for, I believe, grows on that Gothias tree. Oh, really? Why are the goblins afraid of going down there? I feel like they're all... they must be pretty bad if they're... Are they menacing themselves? Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't think they're treated very well by the outcast. But apparently there's uh, other creatures down there. I heard spiders. I'm not sure if that's correct, but sounds like there's a as well as twig blights. I think they're just walking trees. But yeah, that's all I really know. I appreciate you telling me all that, Haruki. It's a lot of help. So you are able to continue your conversation. He answers any questions you have. And let's say that you are able to get your one hour short rest. So everybody is back at full health, except for Dempsey. Dempsey didn't have any dice to roll. So but Dempsey is where he was prior. He still has the three good berries if he decides to use them at some point. And um, during the meantime, during your rest, you're also able to kind of loot the rest of the goblins and outfit Erky with some gear, some goblin found gear, and whatever the dwarf, the cleric dwarf that died earlier, whatever his gear is. So Erky's within fighting status now. He's got a mace from the dwarf, and he's got armor from the from the goblins and dwarf. So. You'll be just fine. But yeah, we're able to get your rest. Hey, Erky, I do have one thing for you. You pull out that little ring that you found off the, presumably off the dwarf, that has the harp engraved inside it, the crest. Yeah, this little ring I found. Well, Meeple found, actually. Can you take a look at that? Let me know. It looks like it's from the harpers. Yeah, I'll take a look. Heavy ring. Nice. Yeah, that is from the Harpers for sure. Where'd you find this at? Yeah, we found it off a, off a dwarf. Well, we think it's off the dwarf. It could have been off one of the goblins. It could have been something old, but I'll do my best to return it to a Harper, I guess, if I get the opportunity. Yeah. Is it magical? Do you know? I know you're kind of a scholar, but I'm not sure if you're able to detect anything. Wouldn't surprise me. I guess you'll have to wear it and find out. Yeah, thank you. That's really all I have. Now pass me that tobacco pipe. It smells great. Alright, your short rest comes to a conclusion. You gather your supplies. Erky is decked out in his gear. Mostly goblin-made gear. Goblin-found gear. But it's suitable. It'll fit him, for the most part. You gather your stuff and you head out the door. However, you're not heading out the door you came in through. You're heading out the other door, the other pantry door. You make your exit and it opens up into a rather large room. Several torches are crudely mounted along this chamber, filling the air with a haze. A double row of marble columns carved with ant-winged dragons runs the length of the hall. As long as the torches burn, the hall is lit. But the haze makes the area lightly obscured. The haze never builds to suffocating levels, thanks to natural ventilation. This reminds you a lot of Eustrail's chamber with all the columns. During your rest, you had conversations of how you're going to go about dealing with Kelkrix. Sounds like you're just going to deal with it head on. Sounds like there is no good way to deal with it. You're feeling a little rejuvenated with your rest. And with the recent addition of Erky Timbers. Though you are disappointed, more kobolds aren't going to join you in this fight. You almost feel better knowing that you were with Erky, a good friend. Alrighty. This is it. This is the room. Meepo points to the 
door inside this chamber, which is right to your right. Right when you walk out the pantry, take a few steps to the right, and there is a there is another door, another wooden door. However, we have to be quiet. A lot of goblins. They live over here. We wake them. We will all die. Hmm. Yeah, I remember that, people. All right, so we swing this thing open and shut the door behind us. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything else to do. Let's give it a whirl. You know, worst case scenario, we just shut the door and we leave. Yeah, I like that plan. All right, Meepo, let's try this door. So you, all four of you, approach the door and you give it a give it a go. The door unlocks, thanks to the new phone set of keys you have, which I feel like I shouldn't have given those to you. But for now, it makes this easy. But the set of keys gets you in the door. You open the door. All right, I already made the stealth checks, and you were successful. We had a 16, a 16, a 7, and a 13. So all four of you make your way inside. What you see... Mounted and stuffed animal heads adorn the walls. The mounting job is sloppy, and the assortment of heads include cattle, rats, and other non-particularly impressive specimens. A few grisly trophies share the wall with the animals, including a couple kobold heads. Smashed and broken cabinets and small tables litter the room. Mute victims of some sort of rampage. A rusted iron spike stands in the center of the room, trailing a broken chain. Thin patches of frost coat sections of the walls, floor, and debris. Cow, cow cracks? It's me, Meepo. We, we're here to free you. Meepo looks at the group. I hope, hope this works. Uh, yeah, me too. Just as you say that, a white dragon head pops up from behind one of the tables at the corner of the room. It snarls, and as soon as his eyes lock on Meepo, squints. Two of its front claws grip the fallen table, which is now laying on its side, and the claws dig deeply into the into the wood at the table. Best of luck. Alright, initiatives have been rolled. You are extremely lucky. Calcrix rolled a natural one. She's going last. So all four of you get to go, then Calcrix. Even then, I'm sure someone might die. Alright, let's go. Dexter is first. So, the room is actually kind of difficult to see. There's a heavy fog, and the temperature is noticeably lower than it was in the hallway, and noticeably different from the tiny little pantry you guys were held up in for an hour. So the fog kind of settles to the ground level and slowly steams upward. Dexter the dog, without hesitation, sprints through the room around the table, he was re wasn't really quite sure what was behind that table, but once he fully clears the table, he he's looking up at a dragon, a wormling, so not incredibly larger than Dexter, but still, he's never seen a dragon before, so he attempts to make a bite. The courageous dog gives it a whirl, and he will miss. Dexter leaps forward, not sure what it is he's attacking. He's never seen a dragon before. And he whiffs. He attempts to bite a wing of a Calcrix. It's too nimble. She retracts the wings and continues to claw the table, eyeing Meepo. 
Dexter will stay where he is at. He's kind of at the side of Calvary's. And the rest of the party cannot see Dexter for he is behind the table. Dex? Yells the ranger. Hang in there. Now it is Meepo's turn. Meepo is littered with scars. Though you can't see him as much now that he's wearing his gear. But the cobalt inventor with a long staff. A scorpion tied, tied to the end of it. With string. Hissing and clawing and waving the stinger about. Calcrix is the reason Meepo has a job. So it's kind of a odd, odd position to be in. But he will do whatever it takes to bring Calcrix home. Calcrix? Don't, don't worry. He sprints forward. It's me, Meepo. Calcrix snarls, takes in a deep breath. Her lungs fill with cold fog. And at that moment, Meepo can see what Calcrix is about to do. Oh no! Calcrix. So Meepo is going to take a... He's going to use an attack. He is going to attempt to go for the heart. He is going to use his Alchemist Fire, which is a flask of fire. So it's a plus four to hit. Let's see. Let's roll. Terrible luck. A natural one. Meepo fumbles with his bag, unable to to find the correct flask before his time is up. He's frozen in place. Not literally, but he's just shaking in front of Calcrix, and he freezes halfway in the room. That will take us to Dempsey. Dempsey doesn't think twice. He knocks his arrow to his longbow and attempts to make an attack. Mother effort. He rolled a 4 plus a 7, that is an 11. And that will not hit. The fog is dense. Meepo is in the way. Calcrix is breathing in deeply. You still there, Dexter? Slams into the wooden table, which is on its side. Goes right between the claws of this white beast. That is a miss. Dempsey is going to run to the right of the room, as far right to the corner. He's no longer in Meepo's range, no longer in front of Meepo or behind Meepo. And he's in that far right corner. All right, that takes us to Erky Timber. So the gnome steps forward in the fog. Only the top of his head is really visible. All right, guys, hang tight. I'm gonna cast Blast. Uh, with this holy water, I flick, make it scatter in a sparkling light. Erky gathers holy water in his palm with his other hand. He flicks his fingers, which scatter the holy water into sparkling light that drifts against the wind towards those he protects. Blessing settles about the shoulders of Dempsey, Dexter, and Meepo. There, guys. I hope this helps. Erky runs to the left. He's now in the left corner, bottom left corner of the room, not far from the door. He's getting as far away as he can from young little Meepo, who is about ready to be destroyed. Alrighty, that brings us to the White Dragon. That brings us to Calcrix. Calcrix looks like he's almost grinning with excitement. Finishes his deep in inhale, 
before letting out his dragon breath, which is cold breath. The dragon exhales an icy blast of hail in a 15-foot cone. Looks like only Meepo, luckily, is in the area, so he must make a DC-12 constitution saving throw, or he's taking some serious damage. Oh man, Meepo is lucky. Meepo succeeds with a natural 15, so I'm going to have that damage, which is 11. Meepo is just almost 50% snow and ice crystals as his skin, which is littered with cuts and bruises from his years of trying to tame the young dragon wormling. His skin is just slowly crystallizing. He's still mobile, but if he were to stay dormant for a little longer, he would probably be frozen in place. The life is almost completely sucked out of Meepo. Meepo is very, very critically damaged. Alrighty. Kelcrix is going to attempt to back up a little bit so he can let go another blast of cold, which will actually be giving Dexter uh, opportunity of attack. So go ahead, Dex. And that will miss. Once again, Dex attempts to go for the throat of Calcrix, but the beast is too too slender and, and too mobile, too scaly, and too foreign for Dexter to quite get a full grasp of what it is he's attacking. The dragon leaps backwards using its wings and <laughs> lands into a pile of chairs and gems and golds come flickering out and scatter across the room, the icy cold room. The temperature in the room dropped once again noticeably lower after that large blast of cold air, snow and ice. Alrighty, that will take us to Dexter again. It is now his turn. After that opportunity. Alright, this time it will succeed. You got a 12 plus 4, 16. That's just enough. He's going to attempt to leap forward, bite at the feet of the dragon. So, he succeeds there. Five. So, six. So, this time, the dragon scales were no match to the large dog's teeth as they crunched down on the paws of the dragon. And there, the two will remain. And that will take us to Meepo. Alright, it's now Meepo's turn. Meepo is now gripping the alchemist fire flask. He is holding on to... Man, I just forgot that we had the plus four, the, the bless. Um, it wouldn't have mattered, though. Still would have missed with that opportunity attack. Or the, you know, plus four roll. Alright, that's a 15. I know that will hit. So the cobalt throws a flask of alchemist fire on the target. Just 1d4 fire damage at the start of each of the target's turns. A creature can end this damage by using its action to extinguish the flames. So let's roll four. Three. Minus three. Ugh. Meepo hangs his head and practically drops down to his knees as he throws the alchemist fire flask over the upturned table and it comes crashing down on Kalkrix, igniting the white dragon in the rubble he's next to and the room all of a sudden gets a little brighter 
And a little bit of heat is starting to give off. Even Meepo can feel it now. And that will take us to Dempsey. Dempsey has a good shot on the big old dragon. So he's going to attempt to shoot him with his bow. Dempsey grabs an arrow from his quiver and knocks it in one, one quick movement. He attempts to shoot. Cupcorns. I rolled a nine. That's a two plus a seven. Nine. Even with the plus four, if we max out the roll, we'd miss. So in one swoop, pulls an arrow out, knocks it, and lets it fly. Quicker than a bird, it goes slamming into the stone wall behind Kelkrix. Disappears into the fog. Oh, Dex! Get back, bud. MC ducks and weaves through the fog. Ends up back kind of where he started, but he's doing his best to look for Dexter. Though the fog is starting to dissipate now that the dragon is on fire. So, that'll take us to Mr. Erky. Meepo, hang in there. Oh, where are you? There you are. I'm going to cast your wounds. Erky lays his hands on Meepo, who is cold to the touch, and casts Cure Wounds using his second spell slot. He's got one left, and I'll roll a d8 plus the modifier. Nice. That's a six plus the four. That is a ten. So, Meepo is practically full health again. Come on, gods, one more time. Think of something joyful and wonderful. As I cast cure wounds, let your flesh be healed. self Ah, That should do it, Meepo. You're warm to the touch. Keep fighting. I'm getting away from you, though. And Erky disappears back into the fog. This time he heads over towards Dempsey the Ranger. They are now side by side. And that will take us to Kelkrix. So, Kelkrix has to roll a d6. If it lands on a 1 or a 6, then his uh, breath weapon is recharged. Here we go. That's a 4. So he can't do breath weapon, but he will do something else. Let's see. He will use bite. So he's going to leap towards young Meepo and attempt to bite him. However, that's going to give Dexter the dog an opportunity of attack. So, let's roll an 11. Let's add a d4. See if it hits, which the more I think about it, it won't do anything. So, misses. The dog jumps out and gets caught up in the table as the dragon leaps over it in one, one giant swoop with its wings to help guide it. And he's going to bite down at Meepo. Let's make a roll. Alrighty. So, I rolled a 3. Plus a 4, a 7. That will miss. Okay. Let's see if he had anything else to do. Nope, just not. Alright. The giant white dragon wormling. Not so giant, but giant for a halfling and a gnome and a, and a dog and a kobold. Leaps forward and attempts to bite down on Meepo, who is now warm and much more lively. Meepo is able to scurry out and kind of barrel roll out of the way. This isn't the first time Meepo has been attacked, and he has the scars to prove it. Somehow, he avoids the clutches of the giant dragon jaws. And that will take us back to the old top of the round. Maybe Dexter. Dexter's gonna weave his way through the fog, which is now pretty much all but gone. And he's going to attempt to bite at the tail of the wormling. 
that will hit. You rolled a 19. I would add the plus four, but, or the, you know, do the extra roll for bless, but not needed. Let's see. D6 plus one. Two, three. So, crunch. Dex gets a piece of the of the tail and actually removes some of the scales and a bit of the flesh. So, the dragon wormling is pretty much unfazed. Barely did much to it. He's still focused on Meepo, his former caretaker. Alright, Meepo will attempt to swing forward with his scorpion on a stick. Actually, he can't use that since he's already used um, his alchemist fire. Which, I forgot, Calcrix is on fire. So let's roll a 1d4. It's 3. That's minus 3. Starting to feel it now. Hmm. Now Calcrix is starting to realize that the fire is not going anywhere. And it's starting to burn. And that might be his next focus. If he wasn't so enraged with Meepo's existence. But that takes us to... Meepo's turn, and he's going to swing forward with his dagger. 13 plus a 4, which will hit. Even though I have to add bless, that will hit. So, it's a 1d4 plus 2. Let's go. So, 1, 3. So, 3 points of damage. Meepo, who is lost by Kelcrix in the scuffle, slides his rusty dagger into the side of the white dragon wormling. <laughs> How quick it's me! Stay down! Try to help! We'll get you out of this room! That'll take up his turn. He stays where he's at. And Dempsey will fire another arrow from his safety. That's a natural one, which will whiff. It will go into the end of the dragon, ricochet off one of the scales, which is smoldering. Some of the scales are burning, some of them are smoking. And it'll just clank off the scales and Bounce around on the ground. Now bring us over to Erky. Oh my, come on, Dempsey. Normally you're a sure shot. <sighs> Sick of flames. Come on. Erky casts Sacred Flames. So Kelcrix will have to make a deck save. And that will succeed. Radiant heat swells up around the dragon. But he just resists and swings his wings and flails his tail before anything can even begin concentration is lost and the gnome is unable to succeed I think we should think about running away the gnome backpedals and tries to disappear behind some of the rubble fallen chairs and broken animal mounts but he's still very visible next to Dempsey but still visible doesn't move far, maybe five feet. That will take us to Calcrix. So we are going to attempt to roll a d6 here and see if we get a five or six so we can use breath if we want. Dragon breath. Ooh, that's a three. So the dragon is going to use his action to put out the flame. Well, yeah, the flames are starting to grow and he's starting to get angry. He's now starting to notice them. They're starting to bother him. However, his, his rage and his hatred towards Meepo has overtaken the young wormling, and he attempts to bite down at Meepo. So I'll roll a 20. That's an 8. Plus a, plus a 4. is a 12. Let's see what... Alright, so that will hit. And if I'm not mistaken, 
This is actually quite a big hit. So it's a 1d10 plus a 2, and then a piercing damage of 1d4. So that'll be a total of 7 damage. So crunch. Leaps down, pounces on top of Meepo, and wraps its serpentine fangs around the neck of the struggling kobold. Crunches down. And spits it out into its surprise. His prey, or her prey, is still alive. Beepo is barely hanging on, but he is alive. And we'll roll that d4 for the fire damage because it's still still going. So three. Alrighty. So the um, the white dragon wormling is still alive, though it is starting to starting to tire and starting to feel the pain. Everything's slowly enclosing around it. It's on fire. It's being ganged up on. And it's considering fleeing. So it makes its way towards the door. It doesn't leave the five foot radius though. It just kind of pivots. It's got its back to the door now. And the rest of the party is in front of him. And that will take us to Dexter. Dexter will attempt to bite down. Alright, that's a 14. Plus a 4. Alright, that will, that will work. Or plus a three, seventeen. Alright, so one d six plus one. So you rolled a nice six. That's a seven. That's the max damage. Alright, yeah. Calcrix is hanging on by a thread. And that will take us to Meepo. Meepo will attempt to put out the flame on Calcrix. Even though he's badly beat up. Once again he's full of scars. He's now bleeding on the floor practically. He's got the puncture wounds. That have went through his armor. He gets up on his. He wasn't really on the ground, but he, he gets up from the lowered position, kind of hunched over, and, and begins to pat at the flames on which are on his side, on the dragon's side, and then smolders and wipes him clean. There, everyone, stop! She's done. Calcrix, lay down. It's how we're. It's me, Meepo. We're here to save you, please. No more attacking. Um, well, a persuasion. I'm gonna say with advantage, and then I could say it could be with dis disadvantage as well. So just roll straight up persuasion. You're not sure if it works. That will take us to Dempsey. Just say the word, Meepo. I will let this arrow fly. Yeah, you haven't hit anything though, so... Come on, behave. Alright, I'm not gonna attack. That'll take us to Erky. Well, I'm not gonna cure your wounds, Meepo, unless you move back to me. I'm not. I'm staying back. And that will take us to Mr. Kelcrix, or Mrs. Kelcrix, the white dragon wormling. And that is a five. So, dragon breath. It's fully recharged. <laughs> Calcrix smiles, inhales. Its mouth fills up with bright blue glow. Icy crystals form around its mouth. And it exhales. So everyone roll for a dexterity saving throw. And I already did that. Off screen. 
and Dempsey was the only one that failed. So Dempsey's going to take the full blast. Everyone else is going to take half damage. So 5d8. Insane. Alright, let's roll it here. That is 17 points of damage. So even when you half it, there's a couple people going down. Giant white dragon wormling with a grin exhales and it just covers Meepo in icy frost as it just completely engulfs the kobold. And next to that is Dempsey. If Dempsey was full health, he would have survived this one, but he too is victim of this icy blast. So Meepo has frozen solid where he is. Dempsey is knocked on his back, unconscious, covered in ice crystals. Everyone else is hanging on by a thread because they take eight points of damage. And that will take us up to the top of the round here with Dexter. So Dexter is going to attempt to shake off the, the snow and the ice and he realizes his, his friend Dempsey is critically injured and unconscious. He's never seen him this way before. Gives him a quick little nudge with his, with his nose and realizes that things are not well. So Dexter, the fur on his coat raises, his tail rises, and he sprints towards the dragon, growling, and attempts to make a bite attack. But he is unsuccessful. He leaps towards the dragon, tackles him, but no damage is done. And that takes us to Meepo. But Meepo is frozen. So Meepo needs to make a death saving throw. So if he gets a 10, that'll be a success. So, plus he has the bless. So, let's see. Oh god, it's a natural one. So, one fail for Meepo. Not good. That takes us to Dempsey. He must make a death saving throw. And that is a natural 16. So that is one, one success. Now that brings us to Erky. So Erky has a decision to make. Should he heal someone using his last little ditch effort attempt to heal party member? Or should he try to attack the dragon? That's a big decision. The sure thing is if you revive a party member like Dempsey, you got two of you guys alive. And maybe Erky can, you know, run to one corner of the room and that leaves, you know, three people for Kelkrix to use his attack on, and he can't get them all at once. But Kelkrix will get to go before Dempsey. But if he attacks and he misses, now he may have doomed the party. So what is Erky? We know Erky is a acolyte. He is a believer. He's a worshiper. He's from Greenest, or at least he lived in Greenest. And he's friends with Dempsey. And he's very relieved to find Dempsey in this sunken citadel. Hmm. With that being said, I, th I think, man, I, I think, hmm. Meepo, you've doomed us. Dempsey, it's now your time. Here, cure wounds. The gnome places both hands on the chest of the fallen halfling, chants his prayer, incites his prayer, and heat and light 
melt away the frozen ice. Dempsey is no longer cold to the touch. Life is restored. The ranger now has seven points of health. And Erky is out of spell slots. Erky is going to use the rest of his movement to run, run out of sight, out of the line of possible breath attack. So he's heading left. So now that will end Mr. Erky's turn. That takes us to Kelcrix, who is in the middle of fighting the dog. I'm going to roll a d6 to see if his breath weapon comes back. That is a 2, so it does not come back. Kelcrix is going to attempt to bite down on Dexter the dog. And that is a 9, so that is a 13 with the, with the plus 4. That is enough. Alright, looks like it's 7 points of damage. So that is enough to knock Dexter on the ground. Dexter is now the recipient of a big bite right above the spine. The dragon bites down on the neck of Dexter the dog. His massive fangs sink in and past the harness and through the thick hide the dog is unconscious as it falls to the ground. Calcrix moves in range makes his way towards Dempsey. So he is now walking at Dempsey and he turns to the left and heads towards the gnome, attempting to walk over all the fallen rubble, broken chairs, as he makes his way towards Ergy Timbers. And that will invoke a opportunity of attack for Dempsey. So Dempsey has to make an attack with a melee weapon, which is a hand axe. And it's gonna be a non-lethal if he can. So he pulls out his hand axe, and with the back of the axe, takes a crack at the skull. So he rolled a 10, plus a four, that's a 14. What does the white dragon have? The dragon has an armor class of 16. So, we're gonna roll bless. Here we go. He needs at least a two. Oh, thank God. Two. 16 is exactly what he needed. Bless, as the one time Bless has come in handy this entire encounter. And it could not have come at a better time. Right on top of the head, the dragon receives a blow from the back of a hatchet. He did not see that coming. He was far too arrogant to think that he would be bested by a group of little creatures. A ton of dead weight just flops to the ground crashes and smashes through all the debris as gold and silver pieces, jewels come scattering about. The dragon has been defeated. However, we still have to continue the normal round because we have two people that are still unconscious. So that takes us to Dexter. Make his first saving throw. Twelve. You have one success. Two more to go. Meepo already has one failure. Two more and he's dead. Eleven. Success. And that brings us to Dempsey. Oh Oh my god. Thank you there. As he looks towards Urkey. Dexter. No, Dexter. 
Dempsey isn't thinking straight. He attempts to heal Dexter, to stabilize Dexter first. He doesn't have a medicine kit or a healing kit, so he'll have to roll a d20. If he gets a 10, it will count as a successful saving throw for Dexter. If he fails, it doesn't count as anything. It would be probably the most advantageous for him to help Meepo, because Meepo already has one failure. Hang in the day. A natural 17. Well, I mean 17. Don't really add anything. Eight. You could add bless, but regardless. Dexter has two successful saving throws. One more and Dexter is alive. <sighs> that will bring us to Erky. Well done. Dempsey. Hang in there, Dexter. <laughs> uh, need help here, Dempsey. There you go. I'm spent. I can't call upon the gods anymore, but I can help you. Bandage. It's okay, Dexter. Goes to show you where the loyalty is in this group. Erky was a little bitter that Meepo didn't slay the dragon when he had the opportunity. He attempts to heal Dexter. And he's successful. That's a 13. Didn't even have to add Bless. So, that is enough. This is the last round we can really use Bless too. This is the fifth round. Um, I mean, you do it ten times. Yeah, you get six. You get one minute. So, anyway. Oh, De Dexter, he's, he's awake. Dexter, oh, he, he's he's awake, but he's very, very exhausted. He's gonna live, Dempsey. We did it. He's gonna live. Thank you, Erky. I'm sure glad you came with us. What about Meepo? So that takes us to Dexter. He does nothing. He's he is stable, but he's you know he's at zero, so he's unconscious. It's gonna take one to four hours until we know, until he you know has the opportunity to get back on his feet. Dexter no longer needs to make saving throws, but he's good. Meepo. Well, actually, yeah, Meepo's turn now. Meepo needs to make a a saving throw. That's a natural 16. So Meepo has two successful throws. Take us to Erky, and Erky succeeds. Hang in there. Strong. Foolish, but you're strong. How's he looking? How's he looking, Erky? He will live. He will live. But we need to get out of here. If those goblins come back, we are no match. Very well. What's our next move? And with that, I think it's a, a good time to end it. We successfully defeated Kelcrix, the white dragon wormling. We got very lucky in the beginning that the initiative order was very generous, that uh, Kelcrix rolled the natural one, so he was very last. Without that, I mean, it would have been pretty bad. And then, those fives and sixes just never showed up. It could have been very bad. Because, like, if if Calcrix went first, he would have been able to blast everyone with that AoE attack. And that would have changed everything. So the fact that everyone was able to disperse really helped. And that's where it kind of annoying. I mean, being the dungeon master and the player, you kind of have an unfair advantage as a player. You know, I knew that there was an AoE attack. So I made everyone kind of get out of the way. So only Meepo was the recipient of the first one. But the second one, you know, Dempsey hadn't taken any damage that entire encounter and then just took one full blast. 
from Calcrix, which is enough to knock them, knock them out. And then we rolled pretty bad, I would say, in the beginning and then kind of towards the end of things. Didn't roll all that well, but I mean, for a straight up, pretty much a straight up encounter with, with the white dragon, I mean, we we're successful. So can't complain there. That's a, that's a deadly encounter. Not easy. We treated Meepo as though he was a player, and we treated Dexter as though he was a player. I figure that's the most safe way and the most fair way. If we just straight up killed Meepo and straight up killed the dog, I think that would be unfair. If they failed all the saving throws, then yeah, they would be dead. But when there's only one player, you have to make adjustments. And uh, I think we were fair. It was still a difficult encounter. I mean, I'm hanging on by a thread here. But the fun part has yet to come. We still have to figure out how we're bringing this dragon back. Because this dragon's not dead. Not yet. So we'll see how things go next session. Alrighty, take care.